Thank you very much, Hillary. All right, I want to talk to you about home title theft. It is one of the fastest growing crimes in America, and you want it to not, you want it to happen to somebody else, somebody you don't like. That's who you want it to happen to, not you. Uh, this is how the crime happens. Uh, the legal titles to our homes are kept online where they can be hacked, and they are hacked all the time. Uh, you can get uh, somebody who hacks your uh, deed. They're able to then sign their name and you know, do a quick little transfer. No big deal. They just, you sold them your home. It's no big deal. They now control it. And then they can borrow against your equity. Uh, it can cost you tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Home Title Lock protects you against this. And in the event you are a victim of home title theft, uh, then Home Title Lock can do all sorts of things. First of all, they can stop it before it happens. Then they can have a quarter of a mil, uh, million dollars of legal fees. They've got a great guarantee to look into as well. Go to Home Title Lock and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Then use the code RADIO. You get 30 risk-free days of protection. The code is RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. It's HomeTitleLock.com. Code is RADIO. Back with more RADIO in just a moment. featuring pat and Stu, uh we are gonna get some of your phone calls uh also some great things that barack obama had to say that we'll share with you because uh you'll want that wisdom uh that all begins in 60 seconds this is the glenn beck program so do you know about Honey? Honey is a free app for your phone or device that makes amazing uh, promo codes and finds basically they find the best ones. You're not going to search around and find all the best promo codes, but Honey knows where they are. They know what they are. They know what the best one is for you. And I will say my wife uses this all the time. Whenever she buys something online, you can see uh, the price go from, oh my God, please don't spend that much to, oh, please don't spend that much still, but it's a lot less. That is... <laughs> That's the Honey Guarantee. Uh, you can make lists of gifts you want from certain stores. Honey will watch them 24-7 to let you know when the price drops. It's it's fantastic. It's saved us thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars over over uh, over the years. Uh, we use Honey all the time. No purchases. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, oh, they got the uh, thing. They got a gift away. They got going on as well. You add Honey to your computer, create a free account, start putting gifts on your drop list for a chance to win. Honey will randomly select winners and give them the money to buy something on their list. That's really cool. No purchases necessary. You've got to have a PayPal account to redeem the prize. And the giveaway ends December 21st. It's valid only in the U.S. Uh, to enter and get the rules, go to joinhoney.com slash back. Get Honey for free right now. Joinhoney.com slash back. It's joinhoney.com slash back. No, they cannot. <laughs> Have you seen this uh, list of all the things that Joe Biden... Now, if you assume that he won the election, these are all the things he overcame in order to uh, win that election. Okay. Uh, things and trends and traditions that have gone on for a long time in, in uh, U.S. elections. For instance... 
For nearly 150 years, every president who has gained votes in a re-election campaign has also won re-election. So if you get more votes than you did when you were first elected, for 150 years, that person has won re-election. That, of course, didn't happen supposedly this time. Uh, Trump gained 11 million more votes than he had in 2016, but somehow Biden overcame those odds. Uh, he, uh, President Trump also won the highest share of minority voters for a GOP candidate since 1960 and still lost. Uh, he grew his support among black voters by 50% over 2016. Has that turned out to be the case? Is that right? Because I, it seemed to me that he didn't do as well with the black vote as we thought he was going to do. But he, it was still... He did improve his, yeah, it his was improved. numbers he, where he lost were among white voters. Okay. Uh, Biden's support among black voters fell below 90%, the level below which Democrat presidential candidates usually lose. Uh, Biden shattered the popular vote record while winning a record low 17% of counties in America. Obama won 873 counties in 2008. Biden won only 524 counties in 2020, but somehow outdid Obama in total votes by, what, 15 million, they're saying? And I, I have not seen those numbers before. Um, I mean, part of that is that it's a, it's a high turnout election, right? Some yeah. of these things like you yeah. can explain pretty easily by the fact that state after state after state changed the rules so it was a lot easier to vote you vote from home. Yeah. A lot of them True. sent ballots out when they weren't even requested. And that doesn't necessarily mean uh, fraud, per se, although fraud is obviously easier in an all-mail election, mail-in election. But the fact that, that a lot of it, people who were fringe voters that wouldn't bother to go to the polls mm-hmm. wound up voting for both candidates. I mean, but uh, there was a, you know, obviously Trump specifically told people not to do it. So, you know, Biden won those votes by a lot. Uh, but either way, we had a very high turnout election. There's a lot of passion. And for people, people, I mean, there's a lot of passion for Donald Trump. And I think mm-hmm. we all realize as well, there's a lot of passion against, against him. him. They were literally burning down cities. Like, they yeah. were going around the country, burning down cities, breaking windows uh, to claim how racist Donald Trump was. So I mean, we know there's a lot of passion on both sides on this thing. Biden is also set to be the first president in 60 years to lose Ohio and Florida. On his way to election, he is set to become the second president mm-hmm. in 168 years to lose Ohio, Florida, and Iowa and still win. Uh, also, President Trump won 18 of 19 bellwether counties, which have a near perfect record of, over the last 40 years. Uh, Biden underperformed Hillary Clinton across the country, except for a few cities, Milwaukee, Detroit, Atlanta, and Philadelphia among them. Yeah, that's it's interesting because, uh, <clears throat> you know. Atlanta, what was it? Atlanta, mm-hmm. Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Detroit, Detroit and, Philadelphia. and Philadelphia. And what was what what was the standard there? Uh, the standard that Biden was that he uh, underperformed Hillary. In in uh, Biden did y- yes, which is interesting because yes. isn't that because that I I don't I haven't looked at all those cities, but I know for a fact, for example, Philadelphia. That's true. Donald Trump did better in Philadelphia than he did in 2016. That's he, amazing. He improved his position, but that's also wow. like one of the central places. That all this fraud supposedly happened. Yes. So it's a difficult. Like I, it's odd that he would outperform himself from 2016 in this widespread fraud situation. It, it is. I mean, look, a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff is just really strange. The whole thing is strange. Yes. Yeah. Well, and among those is the fact that Republicans won all across the country. I mean, they increased 
increased their yeah. numbers in the House by a lot. A lot. What is it, 14, 15 uh, net yeah. gains so now? the smallest um, majority in the House in, uh, I think, since the 30s, wasn't it? Or it wasn't even longer. Something like that. And yeah. so the result is that Republicans won the under-ticket and didn't vote for president, right? Yeah, I mean, I, the it's, case it's, there would be that there were a lot of people who... Uh, and I think there's some truth to this, but we just don't know how widespread it was. But there's a lot of people who were thinking to themselves, look, I don't want to I, I I don't want to give Democrats control of everything, but I don't like Trump. Right. And mm. then we know there were some people there who we obviously know there were some people who were like that. There was also another thing that was interesting about Trump's coalition in 2016, which was instead of if you think of the, the, the left to right spectrum, as we would normally think about it, usually what you'd think for most candidates is they will borrow a little bit from the middle. Like, who wins those middle votes? You get your Republicans on your side, and then you take some uh, some uh, independents in the middle, and hopefully you take enough independents to defeat what the Democrat did, right? Mm-hmm. Trump's coalition was different. Trump got basically all the Republicans. Uh, in 2016, he had some uh, outliers, but he t- and he got some independents, but he also took a bunch of Democrats. He took people who were actually registered Democrat, a high percentage of those than normal. And those people are fringy voters. They're not dependable to vote for a Republican. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like he lost some of them in the suburbs and then some a higher, you know, higher income types in uh, in the suburbs as well. Uh, and at least and that because, I mean, you look at like the the Pennsylvania election, the, the entire margin comes from the suburbs around Philadelphia. The county I used to live in is one of the counties. Uh, and you look at that, the entire margin comes from those four counties that surround Philadelphia in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And that uh, it wasn't in Philadelphia, as we as you point out. He actually did better in Philadelphia. He did really well in Philadelphia, yeah. uh, for a Repu- Republican at least. Also, Republicans apparently won every House toss-up, all 27. Right? While keeping the Senate majority. There's a couple, I think, they are still undecided, but yeah. They and they, they won really more well. state House chambers. But again, Trump, the Republican at the top of the ticket, lost. Yep. It does Which look, is unusual. Yeah. It, yeah. It's unusual. Mm-hmm. No incumbent who has received 75%. I've never heard this stat before. No incumbent who has received 75% of the primary vote has ever lost a re-election. Well, he ran on a post, though. I mean, he basically ran on a post. B- basically, but there were at the beginning a couple. <laughs> yeah. yeah I know. There I, were a couple. I, I'm pretty sure. What was the guy? Um, Mar- Mar- Mark, Matt, uh, something Walsh. Joe Walsh? Mate? Who's... <laughs> Yeah, Joe Walsh. Was it Joe Walsh? Yeah, I think he and ran I think against he him. Dropped out before the primary. Mark even, Sanford right? ran, but he didn't last to a primary. He ran for a couple of weeks. <laughs> that's I mean, right. He that's basically true. ran unopposed. That's just basically saying that incumbents usually win. That's all that's saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that notable. Uh, he's let's see. Uh, and yeah, he set the record for most most of these these last few are primary votes. But you're right. He. Running unopposed like that, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. he's going to do well. And, and again, and in primaries, a lot of, there was a lot of mail-in voting as well, so the turnout was higher than you, you might expect in some of those primaries when you have an unopposed candidate. What? Let me give you one one thing outside of the sort of fraud situation for mm-hmm. a second here that's drawn my attention over the past uh, you know a couple months, but mm-hmm. more as I've been looking at the results come in. Um, Donald Trump made a big stand on not voting by mail he, he did he made that into a bit and i kept thinking to myself is it a good idea to tell your voters not to vote anyway that they'll vote like the good thing about a mail-in voter if you're looking at it from a campaign's perspective is to say 
once we lock that person in and they've sent that ballot in, we never have to go back and use resources to bring them again. We don't have to focus on getting that voter. They've mm-hmm. already voted. And the Democrats were doing that like crazy. Republicans basically didn't. And you look at the the way, that's why the split was so wide, right? Republicans won the election day voting uh, overwhelmingly. Democrats won early voting overwhelmingly. And that's usually the case, but it was much more extreme this time than ever before. So it, I think 38 states have, have certified their results so far in this election. And when you go through the 38 states, uh, the average move from 2016 to 2020 was three and a half points, basically 3.4, 3.4 points. So tr- the, the electorate moved against Trump by 3.4 points uh, nationwide. There's some that are mm-hmm. higher, some that are lower, but the average is 3.4. Tr- Trump outperformed the average in almost all the swing states. He actually did better in the swing states, not worse, but better in the swing states than he did in, in a lot of these states that were that are red. With the, the only exceptions of that were Georgia and Arizona, but he outperformed in Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Nevada, and Florida. And Florida, to me, is the most interesting one. Florida was the second best state for Trump out of the states that have certified so far. The only one that was better was Utah. And Utah, there's a big mm. asterisk there because that was a big Evan McMullen state in 2016. So the movement towards Trump would be expected in Utah mm. uh, just because there's no third-party candidate they were interested in. In Florida, it moved... Of the 38 states, 35 of them moved against Trump. 35 of the 38 moved against Trump. However, three of them moved toward Trump. Arkansas, Florida, and Utah. Florida is the only state he told people to vote by mail. Really? The only one. He said, Florida, they've been doing it for a while. And it's okay. DeSantis is there. He's a good governor. And he kept saying he was encouraging his voters in Florida to vote by mail. And it was his best state Wow. In the union outside of Utah, which again has a big asterisk next to it. Um, that is, that's a fascinating one. You look at the, the swing states. He did really well. He did pretty well in, in Nevada there, uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. He outperformed in the swing states. So again, it's, it's odd. You know, it's so tough. because So had he not railed against mail-in voting? He might have won the election. Th- is sort of your theory. My theory is, in an election this close, you can blame lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that was a strategic error. Mm. That's not to say that it was a strategic error to criticize mail-in voting and the procedures going on with with mail-in voting across the country. I think you can you can fairly say we should not be mailing a million ballots out to a state like they did in Nevada, right? Um, you, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be doing that. Um, but. To, to discourage your voters to vote is always a it, it's hard it's a tough line mm. to walk because mm-hmm. if people you know again you had a coronavirus sort of in, increase at that point a lot of voters that are republican are elderly and they might not want to risk going to the polls they you know if something comes up you know we've seen cases where people who would cast their early their mail-in uh, voting a vote and then die like literally like in between their mail-in vote and the election die Mm -hmm. you don't want to you don't ever want to to tell your uh, voters to not vote and i understand he wasn't saying don't vote at all but circumstances come up on election day it's only one day what if there was a giant snowstorm i kept thinking to myself what if in wisconsin there's a giant snowstorm on election day Mm -hmm. this is a risky strategy now that didn't play out luckily um but i wonder 
if that would have helped. I mean, again, you can look at all the mm. other stuff. There's a lot of other stuff, and I'm not like tossing away all the other questionable things that have gone on with this election by any means. There are many things that w- that were questionable, uh, but we've focused almost exclusively on that. We got to look at the other stuff too. I mean, I, I keep yeah. coming back to the point of we spent a lot of time talking about the fraud stuff, and it's it's obviously you know you got mm. you, no matter what the result of it is, I want to know the truth on it. Right? I think we all want to know the truth. Yep. But like Joe Biden has now named how many freaking cabinet officials? 84. 84,000. 84,000 84, yes. ca- ca- cabinet officials. And it doesn't seem like Republicans are even looking at them. Oh, they're, they're not. They're paying any attention no, to it. we're not. And I mean, look, we, it's going to be very easy to adjust if Donald Trump winds up winning the election. And we can all be like, oh, wow, that was great. Now we've got, we've got four more years of Donald Trump and lower taxes. We can all adjust easily to lower taxes. <laughs> uh, but we better not just let Joe Biden slide into this thing without any questioning. We better not let him throw, you know, crazy extreme people into the cabinet without because he's anyone, doing it because he's going to do it. He's doing if we, it. If, if yep. we don't step. I mean, they're, they're treating them like the Avengers in the media. They're like, yeah. the Avengers are here to save the day. If, if that's the sort of media attention they're getting and we don't say anything, it's going to be uh, he's going to he's going to get let these people skate right through. Triple eight, seven, two, seven, B-E-C-K. More of the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Stu coming up. All right, uh, let's talk about Rough Greens. Rough Greens uh, is is a supplement for your dog food. And you might think, do I really want to put a supplement on my dog food? I'm too lazy for that. (laughs) Understandable, understandable. However, when you see the way your dog reacts to it, you're going to want to do it. Uh, This is a, you you kind of sprinkle it on the top of the dog food. We have a 16-year-old dog named Miles who doesn't get around as, as well as he used to, but he always gets up for that Rough Greens. He loves it. Uh, he, you know, just, just, uh, he cannot eat it fast enough. Our other dog, Piper, also same exact way. My dog won't eat her food without it. Really? <laughs> Unless we put it on top, <laughs> she just leaves the food alone. You, you've spoiled the dog yep. now. Uh, yep. But this is spoiling your dog with good things. Um, we're talking vitamins, minerals, omega oils, antioxidants, Don't all the stuff. Don't tell your dog it's actually good for him. <laughs> Shh, that'll be our little secret. They just think it tastes good. <laughs> Sprinkle it on top of your kid's kicks cereal as well. Uh, check out Rough Greens for yourself today. Get the Rough Greens Jumpstart Bag just for $14.95. Start the process of getting your dog healthier and happier. If you want to see your dog thrive again, go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. R-U-F-F greens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. Let's uh, let's talk to Jeff in Kentucky. Jeff, hi. You're on the Glenn Beck program with Pat and Stu. Hi, guys. Great hey. show today. Thank you. I had a couple comments. Um, first of all, we know we can always trust communists to be communists, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And old people, you know, people fifty and older, are the ones that are going to know about socialism and communism the most. The younger crowd doesn't know anything about because they haven't learned it in school. Yeah. So the older people are the ones that are most vulnerable to the COVID. I'm getting more you know, and more uncomfortable with the idea that old people are 50 or older. I'm yeah, that, sure. well, yeah. I, I, I was a little troubled by that as well. <laughs> I, I, I based that on school. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> About education. And mm-hmm. um, so the, the, those people are the most vulnerable to the vaccine. You got the re- great reset coming. 
Mm -hmm. You've got big business, all these large corporations that are on, on board with the Great Reset. Pfizer, Moderna, and a lot of other big pharma companies are probably on board with the Great Reset. And we know that communists kill their opposition. And the greatest opposition are the people who know what's going on with communism and socialism. So mm -hmm. why should we trust a vaccine that comes from a company that's going to, you know, be involved with the Great Reset, mm -hmm. uh, a vaccine that maybe is not necessary to begin with? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mm. I, I, I see where you're going here. And I, I don't know. Look, I... I certainly don't want like Bob from Bob's Hardware coming up with a vaccine. I think a pharmaceutical company is the right target for that particular thing. And they usually don't like to kill their clientele. Yes. It's usually a bad you know? idea. Yeah, it's not a good idea. I, you know, I mean, I, th I can see how a lot of people go down these roads, and I and I understand. Look, there's a, there's it's reason an interesting to be skeptical. Although I don't know, if Pfizer but, is expected or excited about the Great Reset. I, I don't know that. Yeah, no, I don't know yeah, that either. But I don't know anything about Pfizer's political leanings. There's two ways to look at this, though, from the conservative perspective, and I see a lot of you know. Look, Look, we can all be, you know, we can all talk about how scary big business is uh, and how, you know, scary government is. And look, there's always reasons to be skeptical of both of those things. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, this is a literal, if, like, let's just say if it works for a second. Let's just look at, live in a nice world for a moment. And the vaccine is successful and, and helps with this problem in a big way. This is an incredible achievement of capitalism. I mean, we're talking about an a scientific impossibility for all of human history. And here we are eight or nine months later when we first learning of the problem and these vaccines are coming out. Look, we can look, you can, I think honestly, these things are looking like they're so successful that people that don't want to take them probably won't need to. I mean, mm -hmm. to get to things like herd immunity. Yeah. I hope that's true. We don't know yet. We will see. Um, the, the data is promising at this point. The UK did just approve uh, the Pfizer one. Uh, we're probably next on, on board for doing that. I can understand being skeptical of government and, and, and you got to be able to make your own choices. I will never argue for a mandate on such things uh, by any means. But I mean, we should also look at this is not only an incredible achievement for capitalism, but it is probably, if it works, the primary argument for the trump legacy it is one of the most amazing things yeah. an administration has ever achieved and uh, you know he's look, getting no credit no for credit it for it whatsoever and his uh, some of his own and fans are not giving him credit for it worked it worked better than anybody could have possibly anybody imagined. could have possibly imagined they were all saying oh you're not going to get a vaccine until 2021 22 at the earliest yeah. probably a conservative and administration working with big pharmaceutical companies it's incredible the capitalistic really. process it's incredible it really is incredible if you look through through that lens i think it is that's yeah yeah is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Let's talk about credit card debt. Uh, I know, you don't want to hear a credit card debt talk, especially around the holidays. Uh, and if it makes you a little uncomfortable, there's a pretty good chance that you've been in the middle of dealing with it. I understand 2020 has been a terrible year for so many people, and a lot of Americans have been using credit cards more than usual. You're not the only one, but it is important to keep your financial house in order and the kind of double-digit interest rates that get you, uh, you know, credit card debt and that goes crazy. It's a lot harder to get ahead of the curve when that's going on. If you're a homeowner, it's time for you to consider the possibility of a refinance of your mortgage to help you consolidate and begin to manage your debts. You need to call American Financing. 
Uh, I, at this mortgage, I just used uh, American Financing for a mortgage. Uh, they're fantastic. Learn about their custom loan options. There's never going to be any pressure, no upfront or hidden fees. You'll just have a simple conversation about better ways to manage your debt and get back on track. You'll be in exactly the financial place that you want to be. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Uh, Glenn Beck, Stuber Gear, Dave Rubin, and me, Pat Gray. All available uh, at blazetv.com. Pat and Stu for Glenn, 888-727-BECK. Barack Obama. You know, it's only when he shows his his, uh, face again that you think, wow, that's right. Uh, This is why I dislike this guy so much. With all the intensity of a billion white-hot burning suns, I dislike this guy. Uh, ever since he, he left the White House, he's been hinting at the idea that the internet and social media have helped create the single biggest threat to the United States democracy, which, by the way, we're not a democracy. But he also uh, credits his win back in the day to harnessing social media. Um and now he is trying to shut down conservative thought on social media even more than it's already being shut down. He doesn't think that the Twitters and Facebooks of the world are doing enough to shut down conservatives. He wants... Being honest. I, it's just uh, unbelievable to me, the fascism of these people. And yet, it's supposedly Republicans who are the fascists. We're the ones who want... To hear more opinions, not less. Uh, but let us at least show our side of the argument. Um, but Obama said, I don't hold the tech companies entirely responsible because this predates social media. It was already there. He's talking about, I guess, the thought that he doesn't think is worthwhile. But social media has turbocharged it. So he wants them to be more responsible and shut down more opinions on the internet. We have to have a serious conversation about what these business models look like, the algorithms, the mechanisms, whereby we can create more of a common conversation. That means he wants to hear from people who believe the things he does, but he doesn't want to hear from those who don't. And that cannot be just a commercially driven conversation. So obviously government needs to intervene in these social media giants as well and help them shut down conservatives this could get really bad if we don't stand up to it and it makes no sense especially for public figures and office holders like they keep saying they're gonna they're gonna censor donald trump's tweets and you know sometimes they'll post warnings with them and all these things Mm -hmm. it's like let's just let's just take this scenario for a second let's say you somebody gets elected let's say donald trump gets elected in 2016 and two years into his administration, he just turns into an actual racist and starts just tweeting actually racist things, right? Really, like mm-hmm. that we'd all agree we're racist. Let's just say that happened. Mm-hmm. And Twitter censors them all because they're racist. H- how do we know who to vote for in 2020? Shouldn't <laughs> we have the information that... It, yes. Like, when a public figure... Like, think of the things, the crazy things that Elon Omar has said online or AOC has said online. Do you want those things censored? No. I don't. I want her to be saying those things so that I know yep. who these people are, and I know Absolutely. that I don't want them elected. 
right? It's not. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to hide any any public figure's comments of any sort, with the exception of illegal activity? Right. I, I mean, obviously, if someone's literally threatening threatening someone's lie, life or something, you know, that's a totally different story. But when you when you talk about like commentary that you might totally disagree with and think is misleading people i mean like you know if people like on the left will say well donald trump is, is tweeting these conspiracy theories about the election or conspiracy theories about about um covid or whatever it is well we need that information to judge whether we want him to be president next time right mm-hmm. and when he probably runs in 2024 right all these things should be out there for us to be able to judge and the idea that twitter facebook should be the arbiters of truth on this is is ridiculous we, we did a thing on Stu does america on fact checkers this week and i was just going back for some classic examples and i went back to a, a, a politifact fact check of glenn back from you know the obama era and he was talking about john holdren remember the science mm-hmm. advisor yeah and how at one time he advocated for forced sterile i think he said proposed uh, was his actual word a uh, forced sterilization and, and mandatory abortions compulsory abortions right uh he, glenn got wow. rated pants on fire for that claim now what really pants on fire now you go back and you read the guy's book his own book <laughs> yeah where he proposes and i went through the dictionary definition of propose exactly what he did proposes for discussion he says just like that uh we should we there needs to be discussion around whether it's you know whether we should have x y and z and goes through those exact proposals that glenn outlined and at the end they say well he never actually did them and it's unlikely that they'll happen pants on fire it's like well that's not what glenn said he said he proposed them which he did he did should have been true. Mm-hmm. You want to say mostly true because you don't like this characterization? You could go there. To go all the way to not only not false, but pants on fire, their worst rating. And, and then these are the people who are making the fact check decisions to see whether your tweet is true or not, whether it gets a warning, whether it gets uh, demonetized, whether it gets uh, you know thrown into oblivion mm-hmm. and not shared with anyone. And, and think of how convenient this is when you come to like a selection bias type of situation. You know, we've said a thousand things on the show today, right? Like you could clearly find the overwhelming majority of them are unquestionable, right? Like you just mm-hmm. we're just talking about basic things that would be rated true. Then there's some things where we have opinion where you they may say true or false. But if you pick the statements from Republicans that are false, which everyone says something wrong every once in a while, and you give you rate them false all the time, then you shrink their audience. And then when they say the thing that's true that you don't like, well, you don't have to fact check that one. And so that gets to a smaller audience. The reverse with the left. They fact check things that are true. Obviously, Democrats occasionally, every once in a while, say something that's true. They pick those things, fact check them true. They don't fact check the ones when they're false. And then their audience grows, not shrinks. And when they say the false thing, it goes to more people, which is a a terrible outcome. But it's one that these, you know, these organizations propagate all the time. Uh, Yeah. And Obama uh, has been pretty prominent uh, over the last few weeks for some reason. He's uh, he's getting into everything. Um, And he was just uh, interviewed by Peter Hamby from Good Luck America. Had some interesting things to say to the young advocates or activists. Uh, people like AOC. Here's what he what he had to say. 
If you're a young activist today and you believe really passionately in a slogan like defund the police, what is your advice to that activist also knowing that a lot of politicians won't go near that phrase? It's interesting. We take for granted, if you want people to buy your sneakers, that you're going to market it to your audience. If a musician drops a record, there's going to try to reach certain audiences speaking to folks where they are. It's no different in terms of ideas. If mm-hmm. you believe, as, as I do, that we should be able to reform the criminal justice system so that it's not biased and treats everybody fairly, I guess you can use a snappy slogan like snappy, defund snappy. the police, but you know you've lost a Is big it? audience the minute you say it, which makes it a lot less yeah. likely that you're actually going to get the changes you want done. Snappy. A snappy so, slogan. He snappy. still has the wit. Soul going on. That wasn't for him. Apparently, a uh, uh, part of the Oval Office uh, is carried with him outside of his presidency as well. The snappy, snappy slogan. Um, I love that because he's just admitting the truth here, which is they all believe in these crazy ideas. Mm-hmm. The question is only whether you say them or not. Yep. Right. So Ilan Omar yeah. says them. I don't. Barack think Obama he, doesn't say them. I don't think he disagrees with defund the police. Nope. He just says not like the slogan. He just doesn't like the slogan because it's too snappy. Snappy. And it turns people off. Because when you tell people what you actually plan to do, and that's defund the police, yep. uh, you're not supposed to do that. He wants it done subversively. Uh, so you don't, you, you don't uh, announce your intentions that clearly. And I, I keep wondering, too, like if you defund the police, how do you, uh, how do you implement a math mandate how do you how do you enforce a mask it, mandate when you've defunded it's gonna be difficult <laughs> how are you gonna keep people locked up in their homes if you defunded the police yeah i don't know that right. i want the answer to that question it's probably really scary national guard yeah, marines who, i don't know somebody else will come to your home god only knows but i force will be involved uh, but yeah this is this it goes back to van jones when he went into uh, the White House, and we went through his older yeah. commentaries, and he said he wanted to drop the radical means to get the radical ends. He was okay saying, no longer saying he was a communist, and no longer being right. a radical, right? Because at the end, to get the result he wanted, it was smarter to put on a suit and go into a business meeting and convince companies that they should all adopt a replicate of the Green New Deal. And that's always been what Barack Obama is all about. Hasn't it? He won't. He won't come out and say, "Look, I'm a, I'm a Marxist." Even though he has followed the Marxist theory his entire life, he said it a long time ago. But he wouldn't yes, say it when right. he was going into office because he, he knew that would hurt him exactly. politically. Exactly. He's covering. And and by the way, this he's right on this point. If you want to, he's smart. If you want to mm-hmm. become, if you want to get something done as a progressive. He is correct that defund the police scared the hell out of everybody. Mm-hmm. It scared the hell out of Democrats. It scared the hell out of any uh, uh, fringe Republican who might have voted for Joe Biden. Those people were scared because of the things Ilan Omar and AOC advocate for, like getting rid of police so that when you call 911, nothing happens. Like that is like that's something that you don't need to be some hardcore Republican to believe in that. So it did scare off some voters. He's right that the better approach to get to those policies is to not say them out loud. But it is is really (laughs) freaking revealing 
when you have to hide the thing that you want. I never have a problem saying I want lower taxes. I never have to say, oh, well, what we want, of course, is um, uh, to defund the the. The government. The government. Like, I don't need to yeah. say that. I yeah. want lower taxes because I believe people should have more of their own money. Period. Like, I don't need to hide it. I don't need to hide. Like, people are like, oh, well, let's, oh, you know what? Let me give you a great slogan. We are not for abortion. We're for choice. We are pro-choice. I have no problem saying I'm against abortion. I don't. Mm-hmm. Pro-life is a fine summary because it also does <laughs> encapsulate uh, the argument, however, I have no problem saying I'm against abortion. I don't yeah, think either. women should have the right to choose <laughs> to kill their children. <laughs> yes, I think that's a bad idea, and I don't run from it. I don't need to run from it. But they do. They do. Because they're radicals. 888-727-BECK. All right, I'm talking to you about Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks. For I mean, what a what a great Christmas present this would be, Mister right? Gray. I mean, you you're a guy who loves steak. Oh my, do I ever? And I I just got one of these. Uh, I just got one of these packages um, and have pretty much grilled up everything in it oh, really? already. <laughs> yeah, absolutely delicious because they uh, not only do they come you know from the finest of cows but they also dry age these uh incredible cuts of meat uh until they're absolutely delicious um and right now omaha steaks deluxe grillers assortment is on sale and you need to order it for 100 america grain finished steaks you get four mouth-watering burgers Eight boneless chicken breasts and eight gourmet jumbo franks plus eight scalloped potatoes and eight caramel apple tartlets and a jar of their signature seasoning. You just use the promo code Beck and you'll get four additional burgers and a digital meat thermometer for free. It's an incredible deal. And it would make anybody's eyes light up uh, when you give this to them for Christmas. Deliver the perfect gift or, you know, just get it for yourself. I make no bones about it. My purchase for from Omaha Steaks, it's just going to be for me. Uh, and they'll show up right at your doorstep, deliver them directly to you. The world's greatest steaks plus premium meats, easy meals, everything you need for a memorable gift or to stock up for yourself. Get a jump on gift giving with Omaha Steaks today, all backed by a 100% money back guarantee. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the promo code BECK into the search bar. That's omahasteaks.com. Promo code Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Let's go to James in Alabama. Uh, James, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Good. Hey, I was just calling. I listen to your show every day, and I'm just a, a extremely concerned citizen. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you know, with all, we all know this election was a fraud. Uh, I mean, I, I, I just, I don't get it. And, and I guess my point is, you know, I, I listen to your show and, and a lot of other like-minded shows. Mm-hmm. And, you know, why are we not calling it out for what this is? I mean, our Constitution protects us in, in times like this. And this is what I call tyranny. 
And I just don't, I don't understand why can we, how much longer can we just sit back and let our country just go by the wayside uh, of this? You know, yeah. I'm just trying to be as simple as I can be about it. No, no. It's And look, I understand people are really frustrated over this. Yep. I think like one of the Thanks, things James. we have to remember uh, uh, this whole situation is we are calling it out or not is not how this thing gets decided. We can't win the election on social media. This is something that mm-hmm. the attorneys are going to have or to on win talk in radio. court. Right. Talk radio does, yeah. is not how this thing gets won or lost. Sidney Powell and, and the Trump team, uh, they've got to present their case. And I will say, they've every one of them has come on this show. And what they have told us is, we understand the time restraints and we will be able to prove it in court. Now, look, I don't know. I mean, I, I, we're a week away from the electoral vote uh, going down. And, and kind so of that far, lock we point. haven't seen the proof presented in court yet, to my knowledge. At least successfully. I mean, yeah, you could say you could, you've heard stuff that you believe or not. But the bottom line is they have to prove it successfully in court. And if they can't mm-hmm. do that, then then, you know what? The conservative people are going to look at this and say, all right, like, even if we think this is the wrong result, what's going to happen is we're going to fight our asses off to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And. And 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 look, you know, Donald Trump was president for four years. I, I, you know, uh, he is going to, I think, if he loses here, going to run again in 2024. And there will be a lot of discussion about it's how he kind of said that. Yeah. And how to secure the voting system mm-hmm. uh, uh, before that so that we don't have these questions next time. Uh, but, you know, look, it's it's a it's a tough ask. And we we said that to the attorneys at the time. This is a, you, what you're trying to do is going to be very difficult. And they they. Ex- expressed extreme confidence in their ability to do it in court in this timeline sure did you know the clock is ticking but uh they they believe they're gonna do it we'll see if they can